Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 204, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist! You know it's a production of iHeartRadio. You also may know that it's a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And, of course, uh, if you you looked at a frickin', if you looked at your frickin' phone today, you know that it's (laughs) Monday, October 4th, 2021, National Taco Day. For those who celebrate National Cinnabon Day, uh, for those of us who observe, and also National Vodka Day. Uh, What a combo. What a Venn diagram. It's a party. October 4th is uh, is a party. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Podcast. Come home hungry. I know. She left me pizza by the stairs. The toppings let me know she cares. Say it ain't so, there's tomato, picking it off, not in my home. That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi Slane, uh, because it is October, of course. Uh, Very spooky. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Soaking time. (laughs) Friends jump on the bed if we don't pump, it's alright. Soaking time. Turn all of the lights off over every Mormon boy and girl. We need jumping friends to help us bone. We need jumping friends to help us bone. Okay, shout out to Hank Scipio for that closing time. You heard the soaking anecdote and you turned it into gold. So thank you, Hank, on the Discord. Yeah, yeah. What a song. Um, and our, ours was a, in reference to, uh, mine was in reference to the fact that I don't like tomatoes on pizza. Much much less exciting than yeah. soaking. The Mormon sex hack. Yeah, yeah, Mormon sex hack. The tomato thing or? Yeah, the tomato thing is a Mormon, <laughs> a Mormon sex, Mormon sex, sex hack. hack. Yeah. Okay, yeah. just check yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that voice you hear is joining us in our third seat. He is a hilarious comedian, actor, writer podcast host he's one of the hosts of the very funny show podcast but outside he was named 2015's <laughs> number one comedian yeah on the true. top 1000 comedians list please true. welcome the hilarious and talented andrew Michon. thank you thank you for having me and uh, my song about here. me is Happy for no, I don't. <laughs> I, I did not know it was a musical uh, podcast, um, so I don't have a song prepared. But just know that um, if I had one prepared, it would have been awesome. It's very clear to everyone listening that you have a song in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Last time you were on, you're like you said the same thing. Like I didn't know it was a song. I would have came with one. And, wow. You know, so Andrew really let that... down. Let us down the second go around. <laughs> wow. I should have known. You know. Well. <laughs> It's been a normal couple of years. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah what's your problem, man? November 2019. Uh, what's going on, dude? Let's pick yeah, up where you left off. I Well, I haven't really been paying attention. Um, so I don't know. Everything's been good for me. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. I'm going to I'm gonna come clean here and let you know that I have forgotten that we met, forgot that you were on the show, and then become a fan of yours through podcasts, but outside uh, oh, since thank then. thank you. And oh. uh, without realizing that you had been on this show. So that's uh, perfect. But that's podcast but outside is very, very funny. Yeah. Thank before you, you came on, he's like, you know, Andrew, I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's been on. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> that is very funny. I was like, yeah. father, 
you need your medicine. <laughs> oh boy. Awesome. Hey, I honestly actually that makes your fan of my show like that makes it more pure. You know, yeah, of course. That was just a pure enjoyment outside of the fact that you and I are close friends. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> there it is. Great. What's good with you, man? Other than you, you're I'm, back from Costa Rica. <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, I went to Costa Rica. Last <laughs> time you're on. <laughs> How was that trip, man? Good. It was great. You know, no, it was really nice. It, and uh, honestly, like looking back, I'm very glad that I did go in November of 2019 because I try to go out of the country once a year, and it was a really great trip. And then you know, if I had known that I wouldn't be able to leave the country for a long time after that, like it, it was, yeah. it was perfect one. timing to be able to go. Great country, highly recommend it. Easy place to travel, and everyone's very nice, very beautiful. Love to see it. And I'm actually going to leave the country again for the first time since then in November. So, hey, no timing there. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to Costa. No, I'm just going. I'm going <laughs> to. Uh, I'm going to Iceland actually, which I've never been to. Nice. Whoa! Yeah. Dope. What's yeah. the weather like at that time of year? Super I think cold. It's a little, huh? I think it's kind of cold year round. The vibe oh, is apparently okay. it's just always cold. But that is definitely when winter is in the swing of. It's like in the full swing of winter. So there might be a little more snow. But I think it's just universally cold and frigid there. Yeah. But it, it is like, you know, it'll get dark like at like 4 or 5 p.m. when we first get there. And then by the time we leave, it'll get dark at like 3 p.m. Like it really drastically oh, changes shit. over the course of November. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like yeah. boiling hot water just like shooting up out of the earth there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So right? you can yeah. just yeah. fight yeah. it off. Yeah. 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 Man, I want to go there so bad. I, I, I studied a lot of Viking history in college. Oh. And like Iceland's always been this. I'm like, I got it. I need to see it. Because a lot of the people that like ended up habitating that place were like fleeing the vikings they were like yo oh, these norwegians are wildin like let's get over here <laughs> did the vikings ever go there and like mess them up yeah i'm what? sure they did i mean i as far as i can remember what was that 14 years ago college. uh yeah i mean that's like those are the remnants that you hold on you're like I know they were fleeing the other vikings and yeah, 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 then yeah. they have a great soccer team that overperforms <laughs> Well, I'll let you know how it is. Um, yeah. I'm, I, it seems like a nice, easy place to travel. And also, it's like 96% vaccinated kind of thing. And you have to be vaccinated to get, go in. So I, as far as like, feels like a safe first uh, trip after this whole thing. Sure. Yes. All right, Andrew, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. There is a COVID pill that might even help some anti-vaxxers out oh, there. Oh, get it? Because... Yeah, because you actually, yeah, it's, you a, it's a pill that gives you COVID. Um, it's good it's, to just take the mystery out of it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just knock it, knock it out, you know? Just, yeah, because whenever someone says, where'd you get it? Like, you don't know what to say, but now you're like, oh, I got it from this pill. <laughs> I got it from the pill. Oh, you took the pill. Yeah, yeah. you got to just roll the dice. And it's because, I mean, honestly, if you haven't had it, you're you're always wondering, like, how would I do if I got right. it? So, right. Um, no, this is a pill that you can take after you get COVID, though. Which, you know, we, we've heard a lot of cases of people who are anti-vaxxers until they're like, you know, headed into the hospital from COVID symptoms. And then they're like, mm, please. And then it's too late. But we got a pill. For they're that. like, will you take this FDA approved treatment? <laughs> right. How about this one? Why don't you just tell me what you want to do? Yeah. We're going to talk about Texas. A couple of Texas stories. We are going to talk about uh, the murder rate. We are going to talk about the the Folgers jingle. We are going to talk about Squid Game. Andrew, have you have you watched Squid Game? Uh, yes, I have seen two episodes of Squid Game. Okay, okay we're roughly episode, on the same place. I've seen episode seven and episode nine. 
<laughs> just one, Great. two, I'm skip a it. few penultimate a and confused, final. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The character no, development needs work. Yeah, it uh, needs work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about a couple other stories. All of that, plenty more. But first, Andrew, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? This is going to be boring because I already addressed it. But the last thing I really searched was about the active volcano in Iceland because I'm trying to see that while I'm there. Oh, There's yeah. been a volcano that's been active for a few months and it's like the first time in decades that it's been active. And apparently you can just go and see lava pouring out of it. So why are you referring yeah. to it in such general terms? Why don't you just uh, flawlessly pronounce the name of yes. the uh, volcano? <laughs> very good. Very good question. Well, if you must know, I searched active volcano in Iceland right now. Okay. Uh, I did not search the name and it is a lot of S's and K's and V's. Yes. Is it the same one that like shut down air traffic in yeah. Europe a few years ago? I don't think so. I think it's oh, a different another one. one? God, I mean, oh, the country they got is it full of them over there. Yeah, I know. The country is full of them. But this one in particular is like just been very consistent all year, just like tons of lava and you can hear it and see it and it looks cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, so I'm going to try and see that. It's interesting. Like, I, that's the one detail that has stuck with me about any time I've read about Iceland is that. Like there's just hot, wa- like just a natural supply of hot water that is like they have all these like hot mm. water baths, public baths. Yeah. And then like yeah. you love a hot spring. Yeah. Hot, yeah I uh, love it. That's my favorite. But like that's how that where they get electricity is also from just oh, like the naturally heated water. And yeah. So it's it's a very steampunk country. Uh, <laughs> <if you> will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? <laughs> My thing that I think is overrated right now is COVID-19. Hey, everyone's talking about it and everyone's (laughs) freaking obsessed with the thing. And it's been two years of COVID this and COVID that. And it's such a small little guy, but everyone's talking about it. Even the celebs. Yeah. Yeah. Even the celebs are talking about it. Who isn't talking (laughs) about it? No, but that is truly like at this point in this journey, it's like, that's the thing that I'm just like, I mean, obviously it's sad and people are dying and our society is being torn apart on ideological grounds, but it's also just, I'm sick of it. <laughs> right <laughs> at a certain like, point. You're like, yes. And I, I mean, I know you have to talk about it and you know, there's stuff to talk about, but it's like, for the sake of our conversations, hopefully we'll get over this thing soon. Yeah. Right. It's funny because the art piece you're sitting in front of kind of looks like a COVID. Mm. So. Yeah. And I had this <laughs> art piece before COVID. Okay. <laughs> but no it i mean it is just like it's so interesting to think of like when we first started hearing rumors of this thing and you know early 2019 or sorry early 2020 to think that like two years later or whatever we would still be talking about it and obsessed with it is pretty nuts yeah yeah Yeah. i mean pandemics there's not really anything to say also but that, that is also part of the conversation now i feel like every zoom meeting i have Starts with the somebody saying, how's it going? And then people being like, well, you can't even ask that anymore. <laughs> right. I'm like, yes, this has all been pre-scripted. I wonder if culturally there's ever been anything that has been this like long lasting of a story, you know? Right. This in the boring. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to be a downer. It's not. I mean, it is interesting. This pill sounds interesting that we're going to talk about later. War but... two. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I was every conversation like, oh, the war. Oh, were they like, were Hitler, they talking huh? about other stuff? <laughs> I think it was, but Hirohito also did like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it is like that. Like that is the closest we've come to right. having just a story that was affecting 
everybody around the globe just not. Oh, wait, I got one. Global warming. <laughs> yeah, that's that like would the be opposite, one, though. Right, just that like, would be yeah. one if anybody talked about it. Yeah, that's the opposite. It. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Hitler. Hitler and COVID, they kind of take the cake. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, I guess, uh, in America, 9-11 was a real, uh, was a real doozy. If you yeah, were we saying nine eleven the year later, right. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Right. Like it. This is like this is like one of those things. Like to your point, every day there will yeah. have to be an utterance of it. Yeah, but yeah, that's because. Yeah, I wonder at what point it will become like when it does end. Like what the time span is on like COVID nineteen discussion. You know, like is it going to be like no one's going to talk about, it, and then a year later it's like actually kind of kitschy to bring it up and like funny like what's the what's the timeline of right, when COVID right. exists on the social right. spectrum right well i'm more curious to see if like if it affects things like saying how are you you know like mm. to your point jack of how like on a zoom call people are like i don't even what's even the fucking point of saying it like we all right. know shit's very grim so right. hey things are grim aside from that right. how are things <laughs> and yeah. i don't know if we come up with a new way of being like yeah you're right <laughs> All right. Like, and it's right. just not how are you? It's just more of like an assumed, but yeah, you good? All right. Yeah. Will it ever be okay again for people with just like boundless positive energy, like the CEOs of the world to just be like, I am great. I'm amazing. Thank you for asking. <laughs> like, I, I feel for them, you know? they. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, it's for, the tough CEOs for them out there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I worry about them. Uh, Andrew, what is something you think is underrated? Um, taking a nice hot shower. You know, I feel like there's been all this discussion recently about these celebs who don't shower. And then during the pandemic, I feel like people kind of use it as a point of pride of like, I haven't taken a shower in 10 days, quarantine much. And so <laughs> I kind of think that and I like to take a shower every day. It's how I start my day. It kind of feels like the moment that the day has started. So for me, I think that is underrated right now. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not saying this because there are flies visible in my Zoom box, right? <laughs> no, no. I'm not referencing anything I can smell over Zoom, I promise. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, like, how did you, but Jack, I'm curious, how did you actually get stink lines to appear? Yeah, it's, that, that, that is kind of the experiment, was could I get the stink lines <laughs> to appear? Are stink and, lines scientifically <laughs> yeah. possible? And the lines that actually show the fly's motion as it circles around. <laughs> right, dotted right. line, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like an old Matt Groening comic strip. There is something uh, like almost like I, I can't fully wake up unless I've had a shower, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like. Or, I also feel yeah. like as connected as we are to our phones and the internet, like, a shower is one of the only times you can get away. Speak for yeah. yourself, man. I got yeah. it. Oh, you got a, like you got an yeah. iPad on the wall there. Just texting. Built in. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, how hot a shower do y'all go? Because I know people like I used to. I realized when I was younger, I had no palate or skin mm. or tolerance level for like a really like hot shower. Like I remember there'd be difference between when like my mom would have like what that was like. Oh my god, are you burning yourself? And then what I would get into where people were like, this is cold. And now, like, I'm damn near burning my fucking skin off when I get oh, in the wow. shower. Yeah, I like to push it to the limit, I think. You do? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I like to go <laughs> where it's uncomfortable and then go one notch down. Right, right. Yeah, like, you got to find, man. right, you find that yeah, point find and it. then a wee bit, wee bit back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm baby. I like lukewarm shower. Oh, you're baby Luke? I'm a baby. <laughs> baby Luke. Uh, <laughs> okay, baby Luke. I mean, I just 
my uh, my wife likes it way hotter than I do, and so that's the only thing I really have to compare it to. Right. And but I've I've heard other people say that their wives are like take their showers hotter than they do, and maybe that's just because I'm friends with just a bunch of babies. Yeah. No, that's an old crazy. Seinfeld joke. He's like, "What's up with wives and their shower? <laughs> What's going shower? on? What's it's so go- hot? <laughs> hot wife, hot shower." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's totally. It's I. I feel like that is one of those personal, like what my five year old likes his bath water super duper mm-hmm. hot, and my three year old does not, and that makes things very difficult. Oh, um, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. We didn't put like a dividing wall in the bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the hot zone and baby zone. You can't make the, the baby like <laughs> take the hot shower. So it's just, it just sucks for the five year old. You know what? I, I actually had an invention as a kid that I, I still have never seen it incorporated because I used to take baths when I was a kid. And the idea was maybe you guys have seen this before a bath with a spigot on both sides. Because wow. when you're in the bath and you're trying to warm it up, and you get only the hot water side. on one side. Yeah. yeah and you got to like move it over. How come yep. rich people don't have two spigots? It's just, just an idea. I, I, mean, I used to use a, like a, like this toy hockey stick that I had to, to, <laughs> to stir to move it, it like a cauldron. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, pla- I love it was like, that. There was like this dumb fucking toy. I remember in the early nineties where it was like an electronic, like indoor hover puck. It was like basically a, like a hover craft, but in the shape of like a puck. With like that was all foam and you turned it on and like the fan would sort of like lift it off the ground and to play with it you had these dumb plastic sticks that became my bath stirrer like i was oh. making bath booze and shit um That's i remember funny. my mom was like what are you doing i'm like it's just it's too hot on this side right <laughs> trying to even the shit out yeah yeah i thought yeah. the Hard. hockey thing the like hockey game you were describing had something to do with the bath i was so confused <laughs> are you guys fans you with that? Uh, <laughs> Are you guys fans of showers that like hit you from all the different angles? Have you ever been in one of those where it's like yeah, the, the like nozzles are? It. Yeah. 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 at a spa in Vegas. I saw that's that's the best example I can think of. Yeah, yeah, it's just like hard to like car wash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, you can't like lather up though with that on. Mm, you know what sure. I mean? Right. It's just like immediately, like I need some soap to stay on yeah. momentarily. Yeah, you got to find safety in the corner. But the for me, the like whenever there's something with like some like the rain fall head like yeah. directly over my skull. Whenever I've been in a thing, I'm like, this is it. Just yeah, mm-hmm. being like you know six feet, you know six one, <laughs> you know how mm-hmm. it is. A <laughs> uh-huh. uh, lot of them, they just kind of blast you like right on top of your forehead. Um, so <laughs> right. I appreciate. Something I'm like right there with you, height. brother. I'm six one two. Hey, hey exactly. Yeah. Hey, it's flight for us. Man. Six the one flight. gang. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's take a quick break, and okay. we'll be right back. And we're back. And there's a pill that just had a great trial. Now they nailed the trial. Good job, Merck. Uh, we're always pulling for those guys. So basically, when taken by people who already have COVID, it cut the number of deaths in half, I believe. And, and hospitalizations. And hospitalizations. Yeah. So it's kind of a new... That's a game changer. Yeah, you know? a, a new changer in the game was how I was going to put it. Uh, precisely. precisely. <laughs> Sounds a little well, better. But, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> changer in the game. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's great news for 
all the people who refused to take. There's like a a look, if I'm going to put my little conspiracy hat on a little bit, right? There's this whole, all of the mainstream news coverage of this has been like, it's a game changer. This is especially going to be great. For, or it's a changer of the game, either changer way. of right. or in the game, <laughs> or in the changer of for, in the game. Yeah. You know, developing nations that have very low vaccination mm. rates. This could help offset yeah, the 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 damage there. But part of me is just like, well, hold on though, because the thing that we were talking about was how we were going to get the vaccine as widely available as possible. And mm. the big thing was a lot of pharmaceutical companies are like, well, we don't, you know, it's proprietary. We're not sharing anything because it's a lot <laughs> right, of money. Right. Or this like really tired argument that is saying shit like, well, you know, some of the countries lack the facilities to develop these medications and things like that. When mm-hmm. they're completely ignoring the fact that there are many medications that people consume that are manufactured in these other countries. And right. so I'm like, why don't it almost feels like they can give up on the vaccine thing to then just do the. Well, if everybody has COVID, then everybody's going to need this pill maybe multiple times because of whatever. And I'm like, I wish we still had the same emphasis on the vaccination part of it, too. But right. know, that, that was just me being a little salty at the pharmaceutical companies for not doing the right thing, which is to make the fucking vaccine as widely available. Right. It's basically we've, we've you know, luckily come up with this miracle. But then they're kind of like, all right, we have that miracle. But here's something that's kind of okay, too. And it's like, no, get the miracle out there to as many people as possible. Yeah, but imagine this, like, you're probably going to get vaccinated, like, maybe once, and if you need a booster, okay, another time, but, dude, if you get COVID a bunch of times, you're going to take this right. a bunch of times. You got to right. take eight pills a day as well. Yeah, but I mean, again, at the same time, that's not to discount the fact that it will absolutely save lives because of the nature of vaccination rates that mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. for the longest time, people were like, I think thinking, like, when will there actually be a treatment for COVID mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. isn't going to the hospital and just sort of addressing your symptoms and these other interventions. Right. That's what seems craziest about this pill is that you can take it at home, which is the first right. time that there's been anything available for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not going to talk about ivermectin. You can know, <laughs> take that. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And put bleach inside your skin. Yeah. The race to develop these treatments is, is definitely speeding up. Has progress stalled on like getting these vaccines to other countries? Well, that I mean, look, haven't at had just, look at the state of Africa right now. Right. You know, in the Congo, there's, I think, 86 million people, and mm-hmm. it's like a 0. 0.0 or 0.004% vaccination rate. Jesus. It's like the lowest in the world. It's like mm-hmm. almost like, it's like as if three white people like traveled there and they changed <laughs> the vaccination rates or something. But there's a huge lack of vaccination in Africa. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people have said, let us do this shit here. Like, we right. can we can create stuff on the continent or you with a global effort, help create like more robust facilities to do that and speed this up very quickly. And, you know, when you look at those kind of like, when you look at that situation, I'm like, well, I like at some point we're this vaccine has to be as widely available as possible because this is going to be something that as most epidemiologists say, like we're going to have to deal with this for a while. So to just cut to the treatment part, I feel like is very lucrative for pharmaceutical companies and is helpful, but it's, but like there is also a dire gap in vaccination rates in, you know, Africa and the rest of the developing world. Yeah. And it feels very much like our sort of centrist mainstream media to be be like, oh, they, they made a pill. You can just they, they made a product that people can buy. So we're good. You know, yeah. that, that'll do it. But it, it does provide a relief because I think for the longest time, 
it almost just felt like, well, if you get COVID, you thug it out and hope that your body is, you know, your, their constitution is robust enough to handle it or you end up in a hospital. And to know but that what's interesting possibly- is like, I feel like that mentality also leads to low vaccination rates. Like the fact that the 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 vibe is like whatever your constitution is, like there's a certain number of macho people who are like, I'm strong, oh, yeah. actually. I don't need the vaccine. So it's actually worked in our detriment, <laughs> that right. whole mentality. Yeah. There was just a story about how bad, like, I, I feel like we got a lot of news when COVID ripped through cities. And I, I kind of had a sense that it had been bad for rural communities just based on the like politics of the people there. But there's a new report that's just saying that it's really, really because of the, the fact that it is rural areas have poor health, unvaccinated people more likely to live in poverty. Medical facilities are often inadequate or overcrowded. It's just been the head of the National Rural Health Association said, we turned rural communities into kill boxes, which is... Yikes. Yeah. But, hmm. I mean, that's... It makes sense when you kind of... If you spent time in rural communities. There's also, America. like, a vibe. Like, I visited my mom, like, earlier this year after I got vaccinated and stuff. And they're or even just talking to her over the last couple of years. Like, there is definitely a vibe in smaller places where they're kind of like, no, nah, we're, we're out here. We're chill. Like, yeah, everyone right. here is good. No one looks sick. Like, and it's just yeah. like, and then they're, they're all at their guard down and then it all kind of spread into yeah. their communities. We die politely in our own homes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quietly. Well, uh, let's talk Texas. First, there's a, there's a Quinnipiac poll uh, that is saying that Greg Abbott is currently not very popular. Like the, Majority of the voters in Texas don't think he deserves another term, which would be great news if they really liked one of the people who's running against him. But we've got 33 percent who think Beto would make a good governor. And then the the real news here, 25 percent think Matthew McConaughey would make a good governor, baby. <laughs> Are you doing your warm-up exercise? <laughs> yeah, do my warm-up. <laughs> shit. Yeah, I mean... 25% think was Matthew that McConaughey. Yes. Was that an option he... on the poll, or was it a write-in? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it was, a, it was an option. Because there was, like, murmurs okay. and stuff. And they said, look, what do you think? 25%. That's alarming. Not because I'm, you know, like the fact that I guess comparatively, you'd be like, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'd be like, yeah, probably Matthew McConaughey probably would do a better job than than Greg yeah. Abbott. But still to be like, I think Matthew McConaughey would be good. That is a little worrying, given the trajectory of like or the evolution of the kinds of people that are running for office where, you know, maybe that does happen. But I think with as it relates to Greg Abbott, it's just clear that all of his policies are just wildly unpopular like even with republicans like 70 percent of texans were like yo this abbott like abortion thing is like absurd like it's right. absolutely this is unfathomable like as most people were like you know i think the one the most humane thing that pro-life people take as it relates to abortion is like in cases of like rape or incest they'll say well yeah there, there are exceptions where it sure, makes sure. sense and and, and et cetera, et cetera. And this is proven, I think, I guess, to be unpopular with most people. Now, what happens with that? I don't know, because at the same time, they have very aggressive voter suppression hitting the books in that state. So he might not need 
much more than a barely 50% to win or something. I mean, when is the election? Is it next year? I believe so. <laughs> we don't actually know that, don't we? We don't know. This is, at some point, this isn't like a real news voted. podcast. This okay, is. I understand. I understand. <laughs> no, no, you it, just it's a midterm. It's part of the midterms. I know. Okay, like, the yeah. standard. You had midterm. a Google alert for Matthew McConaughey. You saw the news story. You started right. I'm like, whoa, governor <laughs> yeah. of Texas? That guy's bad, huh? Maybe Damn. Matt's got a chance here. First thing I look okay. for is are there new picks that come with this pi- with this news break? Right. And when, I mean, uh, look, I'm looking at my Lincoln in my driveway right now, and I bought that thing because <laughs> of his commercial. So don't course. worry, <laughs> I'm on board. He like it's not just like murmurs behind the scenes. Matthew McConaughey has said he's measuring a run for governor, so he's openly speculating that he's he's going to run. Just find someone. A, I mean, look, I I it Beto. Tried to beat Ted Cruz. It didn't work out for him. I'm curious. I don't know, given the fact that only 33% of these people polled were interested in him, what that actually means to mount a serious challenge against Greg Abbott. So I'm curious if they somehow find someone that actually threads that needle of like being a Democrat who, you know, may have what it takes to, you know, get a plurality of votes. But I don't know. Seems impossible in Texas. Maybe it is McConaughey. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it might be. I mean, it really like like, what what would that be? What would that debate look like? Probably be the most entertaining debate of all time. Yeah, like what? Like, and does he just use like McConaugheyisms up there? And people are like, "Yeah, (laughs) fuck yeah!" He's like, "The budget is a flat circle." (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, "What?" Okay. Right. I mean, it says everything's a flat circle. This <laughs> <laughs> all this whole campaign is about flat circles. <laughs> Governor McConaughey, what about climate change? <laughs> well, the planet climate. is actually a flat circle. And everyone's like, okay. I oh boy. <laughs> I call it the firmament. <laughs> oh no 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 no. no, never, no, mind. no. never mind. Never mind. The moon's a spotlight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Party at the moon tower. That was actually a tower that the moon was on, you know? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey seems like a nice guy, though, right? Am I falling for it? Yeah, probably. He, he seems cool. I mean, I I feel like there was something that came out, like, recently where his politics were clearly not in the right place. Like, oh, where really? I was like, of course, you're just, like, a guy who spent time in Hollywood, so you've collected a lot of, like, opin- like democratic mm. opinions. But whether or not you're like living that or believing that, I think is a completely other discussion. Because again, right. dude, it's Matthew McConaughey. Like, let's not. So I'm saying, twenty five percent. Come on now, we don't need people like that. We need like people who have like activist backgrounds or like coming from the communities that actually need help. Like that's how we're gonna right. find things. But for a larf, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fine. The Houston Chronicle, by the way, has a headline from last week. Time is a flat circle. Matthew McConaughey still measuring. They didn't even like find a way to like cleverly put it into no, no, the thing. No. They just said he's measuring a run. Uh, time's a flat circle. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> like sometimes I, as as silly as it is, am surprised that more celebrities haven't had more success running for politics just because of how much. I mean. I guess Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump are both like among the most powerful politicians uh, of our lifetime. And like they were both just people who kind of hacked the system and were like, I look like a president and I'm doing 
the thing that makes you, yeah. Here's a question. If you could have any A-list celebrity be the president, you think they would actually do a good job, who, who would be your pick? Oof. That's a great question. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't thought of it either, but I think they're... Guy Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> Guy Thank Fieri. You. Okay. Fieri gang. He knows... <laughs> He knows he knows food is yeah. important. So like I feel like he would really address issues like hunger and sure. you know access to things and, and like flavors. He's, he's got a great record as it relates to LGBTQ rights and like doing like mass weddings for same sex couples. I also feel like being in a restaurant is inherently working with the lower class and like people who have minimum wage jobs and I feel right. like to understand the plight of the common worker in a big way. Right. Although the, he might take their restaurant tours view and he's like, oh, what's wrong with tips? They get tips. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, guy, come on. No, but so he's close. like done the most. He's like raised so much money during the pandemic for, yeah, uh, yeah, restaurant yeah, for restaurants. Yeah. No. So I, I think I think that's the, the right answer. And he is. And he's he's like kind of every man enough to appeal to the broad sure. demographics of his yeah. country. If it's someone like Tom Cruise, people are just going to be like, no, he's a rich celebrity. Like he's in Hollywood. He's an alien. Guy's a little more of the guy, people. Yeah, yeah that yeah. as well. But guy's a little more of the people. Yeah. Guy could go to like the reddest parts of the state. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Would that? Yeah, that's exactly. spiked hair. I mean, in those he does. He's wearing the show. uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as you know, the assignment was an A list celebrity, and I mean, you picked an A plus list celebrity, right? Oh there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the top of the. What uh, wearing, hold on. What are you trying to say, Jack? You're being flippant here. That he's I'm not, not an A list. No. Okay, good. I'm just saying, like, when you were at Condé Nast and, like, they did the Vanity Fair post-Oscars party, oh, fuck. wasn't he, like, the first first name on the list? <laughs> we, come on, Jack. I told you that in secret. We had to kick him out. <laughs> we kicked him out. We said, gay, hey, get out of here. We don't know who you are. Yeah. Make way for Vin Diesel, who's drunk. <laughs> well, speaking of Texas, uh, Alex Jones just lost in Ooh. court in bigly. kind of a bi bigly... Yeah, like was too. this the so this is the the case where he was harassing the families of Sandy Hook shooting yes, victims. The whole crisis actors, right? Thing. Claiming that they were crisis actors and right. then they had their lives ruined after they already had their lives ruined. Exactly with harassment campaigns and people being like, "You're just trying to get the guns taken away because that's what Alex told me." And so many families sued him for defamation in Connecticut and also Texas, and. You know, he's done a lot of things like in his depositions, he came around he's like, no, like, I actually believe it like that. <laughs> that's like not true. And, uh, and we've heard him also say things to the effect of like, I'm like more of a performance artist. Right. Uh, and also, like, in his own words, he said that he was suffering like a form of psychosis, which led to him saying that. But that was amongst so many different excuses that he gave out to try and be like, oh, just leave me alone. Well, a judge just ruled against him in Infowars with like a pretty scathing ruling which is essentially saying like he won, he lost by default, which is like the worst kind of way you can lose. Like where they're just like, nah, the judge's like, I'm over this. You're not cooperating. You've been abusing the discovery process. You've not been following any of the rules. In fact, you've gone back on so many things you said that that's it. I'm like, this is you've, as, as they say, yeah. It lost seems hard by to, default. it seems hard to make the argument that you were like suffering from psychosis that you are no longer suffering from. And that you temporary. are it was temporary and I was going through a lot and I don't know what that actually the medical definition but then he's of that still term hosting is. the show in that same persona. Like how how does he 
justify look, that. Look, look, my honor. Uh, that, that's that, I don't know why I'm on trial here. Okay, yeah. that's I thought that would be enough to be given some form of sympathy for what's going on. But yeah, so now a jury's going to decide like how much he's going to owe the plaintiffs, and I can imagine it would be significant. You'd think, but um, unless there's like a lot of Infowars fans in that jury. <laughs> the it, it you'd imagine that they would be like yeah that's untold suffering that has been compounded by this person's lies it's kind of the worst thing anyone's done in pub like it's so it's just yeah, it's so, a bad perspective yeah <laughs> it's it's a real like har- hard one to justify i'm i'm just even confused as to how uh and he's made sort of mounting any defense while still doing the same show with the same points perspectives that are causing this massive harm. Well, and it's also funny, like all these claims that these, you know, these mass school shootings are crisis actors and it's all a ploy. It's kind of like, well, there's been a ton of them and zero gun control legislation. So it's not like it's even effective if they are, if they really are ploys. It's like, well, they're not working. So calm down. Yeah. And I think, but that's, that's the thing about these sort of like thought killing conspiratory cliches that people like that throw out. It's just like, yeah, faking it to go after the second amendment. Is it actually no, right. but I don't right. care because that's, that's the thing that activates my outrage. Of course right. it's not working. Cause we pointed out they were crisis actors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about, so there, there's a stat that I'm seeing a lot of places recently about how murders were up in 2020 murders seem to be trending upwards for 2021. The New York Times just published an article about it last week, and they spend multiple paragraphs like suggesting that the Black Lives Matter protests are in some way or another like responsible. And so I wanted to just put this theory out here that they don't really mention in any other than to say that like healthcare was under stress. But there are a lot of articles before the pandemic even about how the drop in the murder rate has a lot to do with the fact that these like emergency medical care systems got way, way better at like helping people, helping shooting victims. And so the drop in murders you're seeing is actually just more people surviving the the shootings, essentially. And yeah, it's interesting when you when you look at that, it seems like it at the very beginning of the pandemic, when the like, you know, hospitals were being stretched to the breaking point. That was kind of one of the first thoughts I had is like, wow, so many people must be dying that weren't dying before. But like that isn't really being raised as an explanation. And I think it's so Penn Medicine which is like one of the best hospitals for, you know, helping shooting victims, just released a study in 2020 about how like they they basically did a they tried to count the number of shooting injuries, like including people who don't die. And they were basically saying like that number is not counted, <laughs> like which is bonkers to me. Mm. But it, it seems to kind of be part of the whole thing we've seen where like, you know, shootings by police officers are not counted. Gun deaths were not counted for a long time, even though the CDC was fighting for them to be counted because the gun lobby was more powerful. 
And so it's just, you know, the the things that are happening that I think are most responsible for this is one, like there's just not the 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 healthcare system is being stretched to the breaking point and the healthcare system was a big reason, a big thing keeping uh, the murder rate from being incredibly like much higher before. And then also there's just, you know, the media and the gun companies are like, you know, conspiring to drive up gun sales. And so there's way, way more guns now on the street than there ever has been. Those would seem to be like the two main contributing factors. And yet this New York Times article doesn't mention uh, it mentions the fact that there are more guns, but it doesn't like really connect it to the like, it doesn't really make a compelling case, I guess. They're just like, that's one of the things. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too, in, in the stuff you wrote here. Like, it's interesting that it's difficult to get statistics on how many gun injuries there are versus gun deaths because the gun lobby just, like, doesn't want that information to get out there of, like, how many people are injured by guns annually. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. And, yeah, the, yeah speaking of, like, underreporting, there's that new uh, sort of study that came out that's saying police are under-reporting fatal shootings, too, right. um, that are being properly attributed to the police. And that found that, like, yeah, black people were three and a half times more likely to die by police gunfire than than any other demographic, or well, actually than white people. And so, yeah, there's like a lot of, there's so many different sort of explanations for things. And I, it's, there's been a few that was connecting this study to say, like, well, it looks like we need more cops. Yes, exactly. So what this looks like, if this is the case and Black Lives Matter protests and uprisings made police feel bad, then, (laughs) God, I mean, maybe we just need more cops to brutalize people who are just out there in the streets and that would solve it. But that doesn't seem like a coherent solution either. The right. The populations where there are where they're seeing the biggest spike in murder rates are in isolated marginalized communities where, you know, and they're part of the American healthcare system where you are deemed not worthy of life-saving medical care if you don't have a full-time job. (laughs) And like the problem, they're going to say the problem is too few police. It's just fucking inexcusable. Like on the, especially during this last year, which is like proven more than any other time, like how interconnected everything is. Like right. the fact that there are more shooting deaths because of COVID, because they can't get care, because of the like, it's all so thoroughly connected that just to say there were some protests a year ago and that's why more people are dying. It's just like not accurate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rather than, you know, zooming out far enough to say, totally. well, what's the root cause of crime? Yeah. Right. Rather exactly. Than looking at it like, how do we exactly. stop the criminals? More police rather right. than. Yes. Oh, yes. we actually need to provide opportunity for more people 100%, because if left yeah. your own devices your recourse in trying to survive may be extra legal activity. Yes. And and then to feel safe and then to feel safe doing that, you have to have a gun and and it just all is compounded. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just want to go on the record of saying like for the past decades, my murder rate has stayed at zero every year. Oh, Yeah. And for decades and decades. That's your guarantee. Yeah. Guarantee I'm at zero and it's not changing anytime (laughs) soon. So I just want to get that out there. That's Could you imagine? Like, congratulations, Andrew. Dude, I he, killed like, he hatcheted a bunch of people at a campsite. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, our fact checker actually came back and said that's not accurate. <laughs> that's not uh, true. <laughs> Hold on, Andrew. Where were you last summer? Look, uh, self defense uh, is different, <laughs> right? <laughs> self defense with a with a axe. <laughs> with a hatchet. Uh,
You're wearing a Michael Myers mask. <laughs> Seasonal self-defense. It's Halloween. <laughs> like, so all the stuff that we just talked about gets either less than a paragraph or no mm. mention. And yeah. then the this New York Times article has three paragraphs that begin with a sentence. The protests that erupted after the police Jesus. killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis were also an important factor in 2020, although oh, experts God. differ about why. And then they basically say the two possible explanations are that the police being under scrutiny and demoralized pulled back from some aspects of crime prevention. And then there's also the explanation. Others put the emphasis on the public, suggesting that diminished respect for the police prompted more people to try and take the law into their own hands. What are you, a fucking principal from an 80s film? Do you fucking believe that this is in the New York Times? Like, they're, it's, Dude, they're, something's up over there. They're fucking up. Like, well, they fuck I, up worse and worse every day. I don't think, I think this has been the way it is. Like, I think this is just all part of that sort of central, like, mainstream media narrative that, like, you know, we respect the police and fucking. Right. I but I know. guess it's because it's like even other places like, well, maybe we actually can be a little more nuanced and like talk to other sources of information to give a better understanding where it's like, I think they're just probably just so entrenched in their way of doing things that they're not even really willing to challenge like the perspective of the paper itself to say, like, is there like, is there something where we can have a less like pro law enforcement bend to it that isn't in an op ed? Like right. that's actually the reporting of the paper. And I don't know what, you know. Yeah. And this isn't an op-ed. This is the reporting on the murder rate being up. And yeah, I mean, so much of the mainstream media is like that sort of relationship between the media and the police where like they go to the police for the official account of what happened. And mm -hmm. that that includes like statistical explanations. Yeah. Hey, chief, what can you tell us? Well, if these BLM protests didn't happen, many there probably wouldn't be as many murders. Great, thank you. I'll print that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, don't you're not gonna ask anything. Okay, fuck it. Maybe if they didn't hurt our feelings. Yeah. Uh, basically, our feelings are hurt, and we do not like the Black Lives. I'm sorry, Black. Chief. Did you say fee wings? Yeah, uh, no more. No further questions at this time. <laughs> I'm gonna go into my Amazon booth. Uh, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, let's talk Folgers real quick and then we're going to talk about Squid Game. Yeah, well, look, the the Folgers thing, right? If if I asked y'all, do you know do you know a song called Real Snowy Morning? You'd probably be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, that is the name of the Folgers theme song that pretty much I'm going to say what what do you think the cutoff is? People 30 and up probably like if you yelled it at them, they would know the best part of waking up is Folgers in your snowy cup. morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Does Did it anybody... have alternate lyrics or they just were like, I'm an artist? Okay, well, maybe I think... just the f the first commercial, there was snow in the background or something. I think oh. there was like, well, there used to be like, like there were more lyrics, you know, like that disc that was like sort of describing like a scene where it wasn't right. just like there were lyrics that preceded the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. But anyway, that's a track called Real Snowy Morning. And what's very interesting is 
the like the performers rights to this jingle was up for auction last week where essentially like you could buy their cut of their performance rights to this the jingle so whenever it's played if you own them now you would get cut in on those residual payments and the bidding of this started off for at $63,000 they said you can own a part, portion of the rights to this jingle it ended up going for $90,500 and the way this works is every time this shit airs on television with that song playing, they're going to get a cut. So far in the last year, this thing has paid out $11,747 in like royalties. Now, mm. and was that all from Folgers? Yeah, because it's that that song. They was still use it. It's tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still do like, they, they, you know, they modernize it. But that that little ditty. Yeah, yeah it's I know typically it. a sonic tag. It's still in a lot of their marketing stuff. But um, a lot of people are noticing that, like, the in the last, like, they said it's made about $20,000 in the last maybe 10 years. And this actually, like, they only, it only really started making money again in the last two years. Mm. So it's like, also, if Folgers went another way and, you know, Migos starts doing the fucking thing, <laughs> you're fucked, bro. Because if they don't use that shit anymore, then you just have a slim shred of this commercial. Huh. Have you guys seen the, uh, Folgers commercial with the brother and sister coming who, home. Yeah, they're like yep. re- really want to fuck each other like so bad. It's like they. It's like you're the present. Yeah, you're my present. There's a lot of you know. There was a piece that was written like a few years ago where they did a fucking deep dive into that commercial to try and talk to everyone involved to be like, um, Why? what the fuck was that? And everyone's like, I don't understand. Like, a lot of them are like, you guys are fucking perverted. Like, there's nothing aside from maybe those looks that was making you think that uh, it was that sexual. But I don't know. The there was a the way their eyes light up at each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have it, you seen it, Andrew? I haven't seen it, but I do want to fuck my sister. Here. So I definitely <laughs> get the vibe. I for sure get the vibe. <laughs> Let me uh, then allow me to just play a little bit of this commercial. No, I do want to um, see it. I do want to yeah, see it. Yeah, so people can understand. And and look, we if we'll give you a a, a running commentary. Play by play. All right, let's see. I must have the wrong house, sister. Yeah, I mean that is flirty as hell. Like he does, he's like, "Am I at the wrong house?" <laughs> what? They're in bed together? No, that's mom and dad. That's the parents. Brought you something from far away. Really? Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, just. Uh, oh. He's like, "Here's your present," and then. Look okay, at that. that it's that look up. Yeah, there's a lot of doing? looks. I mean, this You're is very presence. flirty. You're the present. Okay, that, well, yeah. That look I mean, right come there. on. Like, there's there's even a moment where they there's like an awkward moment where there's like eye contact, and then he has to break eye contact because yes. otherwise they would start kissing. Like yeah, that yes, is yes, the yes. that is that moment. I don't. I know. mean, yes, the what? the bashful <laughs> eye contact and then looking down is like so you universally sexual tension. <laughs> yeah, like in a rom com. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I, it's uh, it's funny. They said uh, Timothy Simons from Veep. He was operating the cameras during the auditions and callback phase of this commercial, too. Like, he also contributed to this article um, about, like, the there's, like, it's just funny how much people have been, like, just obsessed with this commercial, like, over the years. To be like, this is the weirdest one. Or, like, just one that's been hotly contested. To be like, what is the, what are y'all saying here? 
but I don't know if they maybe the director was just really horny or something or the actors it's just the didn't performance know how to... it, it seems right but like... did the director go no man like more tension man right right like, your sister just said you're the present man let that land man let's i gotta, yeah. I gotta see it in your eyes i mean I, it's also the camera shots like the shots are like weirdly sexual like they're yeah. super close in on his eye like looking at her like that's ten that's sexual tension right there yeah when you have your chin down looking up yeah yeah and you <laughs> smile that's, that's not brother sister <laughs> And look, yeah. I'm an only child, so what the fuck do I know? But this would definitely, if I saw two people do that, I'm like, yo, do I need to leave? <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> also, I just want to say, this fucking guy who, apparently he came back, I, I just have to add one last thing. He's like, oh man, I just got back from West Africa. And he's like, finally, coffee. Motherfucker. Wait, really? Ethiopian coffee. Uh, <laughs> Kenyan coffee. Uh, Ivory Coast. These people make, they have coffee there. That is really good. So uh, finally, coffee that smells like shit. There's just like that <laughs> colonizer element to it. Too. It's an incestuous colonizer narrative, and I'm not here for it. Mm. <laughs> Fuck, we, no coffee in Africa. Wow. I mean, yeah. I wonder if their their explanation is colored by the fact that they like maybe really had a relationship or something on the on the filming because that. That is some serious uh, palpable sexual tension right. there. I'd almost like oh, yeah. want to be great to hire these actors again and just be right. like, hey, I'm doing like a comedy thing. Are you down to reprise these roles? Like, <sighs> I'll pay you like a fair rate. But like, we're going to take this. We're going to continue the, this commercial. <laughs> like, it just, we have to see what happened the two days after this. Yeah. It'll be like Cousins, the movie, except with siblings. Mm. Sibs. Wait, what's Cousins? I think that's a Ted Danson movie where he is fucking his cousin. I oh, my God. <laughs> I think. Oh, from 1989. Interesting. I just remember always seeing it at the video store. I think the video. So it's like cover, a rom-com. But with yeah, cousins. about cousins. Yeah. And it's wow. like, gosh, won't people just be OK with us fucking each other? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Squid Game is taking over. Yeah. Miles and I have watched episode one, both right before going to bed last night, and then I didn't sleep great. But um, I slept great, actually. Did you? Her Majesty just, it was a little, it was intense for her. And I was like, you got to decouple the violence from like what the, the, what the, what the message is here. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It's not just people getting blasted left and right. I mean, like, what's it saying? It's like, it's still really hardcore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit desensitized. <laughs> And then, Andrew, you have watched uh, episode eight and nine. Um, uh, yeah, no, I watched episode one and two. <laughs> I actually think it gets better in episode two. I think Great. it goes in some surprising ways, which I will now spoil for everyone. So <laughs> 10 minutes in. No, um, but no, I, I do think the first episode, it's kind of like a little predictable, but cool. But the second episode does some surprising things where it makes me think, oh, I'm excited to watch the rest of the show. So oh, I'm excited wow. for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It, it makes some interesting choices that, I, that you don't see coming and that um, I think add more depth to the story and the characters. It's interesting because a lot of the like kind of memefied things that are happening are also things from the first episode. So at first I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at that. Yeah, like yeah. people people are slapping each other in the subway, which seems like a random meme, but that happens in the first episode. And then I was wondering, are they just being? Are these all people who only watched the first episode and That's were so blown away by like. it that they yeah. they were like, "I got to go out there and express my love for this first episode," yeah. or are they being super re respectful of those of us who haven't seen the second episode and haven't? Good like, question. Kinda, Good question. But yeah, I mean, 
So there's a <laughs> there's a, a per, they they use a real phone number in in the first episode. Oh, and he gives them that like PlayStation card. He gives them a place what looks like a PlayStation a card with a what looks like the PlayStation logo on it, uh, and then on the other side is a phone number. And that was a real phone number. Oh. It is the the most like centrally framed phone number that uh, I could imagine in a in a popular <laughs> yeah. film. And then it was real. There's a person whose life has been turned upside down because they're now getting four thousand calls a day. Holy they are shit. also a just random dude in his mid forties. So, I, and it, I just want to cl- quickly say, all four thousand of those are from me. Yes, I, I do call it four thousand times a day. So I'm just hitting just that send every, <laughs> I send the thing with my body rights. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but may you know the person is a like a forty year old forty something person and who like seems to be have seemed to have been randomly selected. So maybe it's the filmmakers actually like doing mm. something meta, and nice. that person's gonna get pulled into a dark game. Oh shit. And there's a, I, I think they're going to end up being okay with all those calls because now a South Korean semi fringe political candidate who's running for president wants to buy the number for $85,000. So I think that, so what, what's the goal with that? People call it and then there's like a message. It's just like, hey, you should vote for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that right. what he's hoping to do? Yeah. He's like, I've got a solution to our inequality. Call this number. Yeah. yeah. And like, whoa, wait, hold on. What's your platform exactly? <laughs> <laughs> to kill a lot of you. Squid Game. I'm running a Squid Game <laughs> platform. <laughs> <a> squid game. <laughs> the costumes, that that was an immediate thought I had uh, the next time mm. that I thought about Halloween costumes is there yep. seems to be some very dope, very easy to pull off Halloween costumes throughout the first episode. And they are being sold online. The ones I'm looking at don't look, I don't know, they, they don't look super trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> like they, the one of them just says squid squid game cosplay jumpsuit squid game cosplay costume squid game mask costume squid game like it, it looks like it was just written by a uh, SEO bot right but you know and then the tracksuit that the prisoners or whatever contestants have does is that what the it actually looks like in the yeah in it the looks show? similar to that okay all right yeah. Not, not too, not too All right, I didn't actually watch the whole first episode, guys. Sorry. Whoa. Only, only five minutes in. Uh, no, I'm just... Are you, actually, quick question. <laughs> <laughs> you guys watching dubbed or in Korean? What are you doing? Oh, in Korean. In Korean. Yeah, I can't watch the, me too. Dubs, hey, it started as dubbed for me, and uh, like five minutes in, I was like, I don't like this, but yeah. It, I went watching, Korean. yeah, dubbed, just like, it takes so much away. Like, you can't really see the right performances of like because yes, yes, even yes. if i don't speak the language like you can yeah. there's like a there's a you know an, an intangible quality that, totally, that comes totally. across the in performance that way. and yeah and i've actually decided i like the second episode so much that i'm not going to watch anymore until i become fluent in korean so there you great. go <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> have you started exciting. taking lessons or identified no no no, no. Oh, i mean okay. i'm not gonna let it happen naturally uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> i'm just gonna wait for it to kind of come to me <laughs> oh yeah yeah like me in college with yeah for a exactly girlfriend. What are you same, gonna do? Same vibe. Oh, dude, some vibe it out. Are you <laughs> yeah. gonna meet people? Nah, dude, just come nah. through. No to lessons, just vibes for a long time. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna come. It'll happen. It'll happen. Just no energy invested at all. <laughs> it'll work out. Korean's also a cool language. It sounds cool to hear. You know, it's, it's cool. Yeah, I like it does. It. I yeah. I now have my wife is Korean. I oh, cool. Live basically in Koreatown. I oh. have no excuse not to learn Korean. So. Does she speak Korean fluently? 
Uh, she speaks Korean. Yeah, I fluently. Um, her mom, who grew up in Korea and dad mm. grew up in Korea, are like d- would not say she speaks it fluently. But yep, I know she understands as hell to me. Hey, yeah. Did you watch it with her? No, she was oh. asleep. So I'm gonna oh. have to rewatch episode one and then. Yeah, you know, sounds cool. Is that what they really said? Is that what they really said? Is that what they really said? <laughs> yeah, no, somebody, just check the translation. <laughs> somebody did. Uh, <laughs> so fucking annoying. Wait, what did I say? It's, what did, so, is it's there fair. anything? Yeah, but, like, how would the you language, say it, though? Yeah, yeah, contextually, am I missing anything? Or yeah, Somebody remember, did like, tweet that. They were like, you know, so, like, this is super annoying. I'm, I apologize. But as a fluent Korean speaker... They fucked up the subtitles. Like you really have to be a fluent Korean oh, speaker to fully appreciate throughout the show. It. The huh? Writing, yeah, the writing is like amazing, but you wouldn't get that from the subtitles. That's, I mean, that's a typical issue with anything that's getting translated because yeah. sometimes it may be someone who's like super proficient in a language, like without fully being able to like recreate in words like what that equivalent should be. In well, I, language. yeah, I mean, there's also something poetic, you know, like. I think when when books are translated, there's like so much thought that goes into it because you have to capture kind of the poetic construction of the of the words. And maybe, yeah, maybe it's with with TV shows, people put, put less um, heart into it or something. Right. Yeah. Or it's just rushed. But yeah, that's yeah. it. That's its own art form, like to be able to translate. I, like I remember once I helped translate a Japanese film, but they had me come in to like punch up the diet, like to punch up mm. the translation. So it actually to a younger American person was like an equivalent right? rather than like, Hey, get out of here. You fuck you bastard. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> nah, nobody's saying that shit. Right. right, right. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Like, Listen here, copper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple other like tie-ins to it. You can buy the depressing lunchbox set that the prisoners eat. I think that is from a later episode. I don't think that happens in the first episode. Episode two. Okay. You'll see. You'll get there. But uh, in the Philippines, they installed a life-size giant robot that is looks identical to the one or very similar to the one from the red light, green light game in the first episode, which is interesting because that is... So it's like supposed to stop jaywalkers. That that seems like a... The hell of a message to send. I'll just say that for anybody who hasn't seen it. Right, right, right. Wow, that's in- just a jaywalkers. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking head spins around, and the eyes are like, oh fuck, 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 fuck. It's also weird to do that in a country where like the president is like down to kill people who use drugs, like on the streets. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not the great, not the best country to be kind of putting that out there as a promotional device. Yeah. My guess would be that that happened because Duterte saw the saw. saw yeah, he's the, like, I like that. I like oh, that. That cool. was fun. Do do that for <laughs> jaywalkers. It's right. taking over TikTok. Uh, like I mentioned, there's a people slapping each other in the subway stations game that's getting recreated. And the show only came out two weeks ago. It's so popular right now around the world that Netflix is being sued for all the uh, bandwidth that is getting used up. It's getting sued by internet service providers basically around in South Korea for one, which is already an issue. Like the, basically the, you know, ISPs are being super heavily taxed in ways that they weren't expecting before streaming became a thing, but it's been a thing now for, for a while. (laughs) I love that. It's like, dude, the content's too lit. You're breaking right. up our servers. That's basically fucking, what it all is. This info is being transmitted. Yeah, but anyways, it's a it's a real f- phenomenon. 
I highly recommend the first episode. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can say the same. And I'm 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 like kind of at that crossroads where I'm like, do I leave Her Majesty behind to keep watching it? Because like I it's a show where I fucking wanna just mm. keep like I don't want to stop. Like I think I could do it all in one sitting on Sunday. Like I'm just like, clear off the calendar. <laughs> Time for Squid Game. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if my partner is going to be happy with that. I don't yeah. know. Do. Maybe I'll just watch it twice. Fuck it. Yeah, I'd watch the first episode again. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, such a pleasure having you. Thank you for, for having me. It's so much fun. I love the show and happy to be part of it. Oh, oh thank thanks, you. Man. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Yeah, I'm online at Andrew Michan, M-I-C-H-A-A-N and all the stuff. And then my podcast is Podcast But Outside, which you mentioned earlier. But if you're not familiar, uh, we set up a table on the sidewalk and interview strangers as they happen to be walking by. It's very unexpected and fun and interesting conversations with different types of people every week on YouTube and podcast apps. You guys are really good at like getting, <laughs> finding interesting people and just like, yeah, getting... you know, having done it for a few years, it, it's almost self selecting and that usually the people that tend to sit down are the people that tend to be interesting. They and, got a story. Oh, and, yeah. And I yeah. think we've gotten really good at kind of teasing out what makes them interesting as quick as possible. Yeah. But we're also on tour right now. We're doing a live, uh, a live version of the show which I think is actually better than like, it's really our live show is really special and fun. The premise is basically me and my podcast co-host Cole Hirsch are in the theater. And then our intern, who's like kind of become a third member of the show. He's like a young charismatic guy. He goes live on Instagram and that's projected behind us on a projector at the venue. And he leaves the venue, goes outside and finds random strangers who are like walking home from work or on their way to dinner and convinces them to come be interviewed on the show so they're just like living their lives and then all of a sudden they walk into a venue a with like wow. 300 people in the audience and like we've been watching so the audience knows their name so we're all chanting for their name like Mike, Mike, Mike <laughs> and then they walk in and they're like what is this a cult? What is happening? Is happening? <laughs> and so we've had some really fun like in Oakland we had these these two young guys who came on and then we're talking to them and we're like they were like in their early 20s and we're like so you guys know each other a long time? They're like yeah we've been friends since high school and a woman in the audience goes do you guys go to Albany High? And they're like, yeah, who's that? She goes, it's Miss Green, your English teacher. Wow. So like, their English teacher was a fan of our show and she came on stage and we all talked about high school. It was really cool. So wow. yeah, we got our East Coast run, DC, Philly, New York, and Boston. Some of them are almost sold out, but um, it's a very fun, exciting show. Even if you're not familiar with our podcast, uh, I would highly recommend coming to that Absolutely. if you're in any of those cities. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, thanks. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, I saw a friend uh, had a funny tweet yesterday this girl helena fresh hell do you follow her on on twitter mm -hmm. I believe she's, I do. she's very funny uh she says i want nepotism to happen to me that would be more ethical than when it happens regular 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 style yeah when uh, it happens regular i love that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. miles She's where can funny. people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying? find me on twitter and instagram at miles of gray also the other show 420 day fiance if you like 90 day fiance and stoned funniness it's sophia alexander and i talking about our favorite tv show so check that out first tweet i like is from at lolen nui or oh no it's L-O-L-N-U-E. Uh-huh. That's what oh. it is. Uh, and uh, Miss, Mr. Problems tweeted, it's officially hoodie stealing season, which is to say Grand Theft Autumn. And I was like, damn, <laughs> as somebody who has had so many fucking hooded sweatshirts stolen from me from romantic partners, 
uh, it oh, resonates man. with me. And I'm still, I'm looking at you, Bianca. I know you have my Bape Cause collab hooded sweatshirt. That shit came from Japan. And I know it just looks great to you, but that shit is very valuable to me. Please give it back. Bianca. Is that why you like, is that why you like living with your partner? Cause you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> nah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, my shit's way too big for her. So it's yeah, just like, yeah. it looks goofy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you yeah. asked her to move in after the first date, right? You were like, oh, yeah. I, I can see the way she's looking at my hoodies. We better yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Like, we got to be in the same roof. <laughs> All right, come on. Let's just do this. Let's make it official. Uh, and then next one, at Catholic Dad 420 tweeted, <laughs> uh, being vaguely ethnic means no matter what type of corner store I go to, the owner treats me like his nephew. And <laughs> I feel that shit very deep in my bones. I will say this for the amount of like donut sh- stores that were owned by Cambodian uh, immigrants in like L.A. Man, when I was a kid, I would go in there. And they would be like, oh, you're Cambodian? And I'm like, nah. They're like, no, you're Cambodian. I'm like, okay. And then I got free donuts. I'm like, yeah, I'm Cambodian, baby. Man. Man, I'm out. What a yeah, beautiful yeah. way to grow up Cambodian. Yeah. Just with, <laughs> with positive donuts. reinforcement through donuts. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, Paul Musgrave tweeted, did humans really build the New York City subway system? At $1 billion per mile in today's costs, how could primitive 20th century humans have built 850 miles of track? Did they have extraterrestrial assistance or did they have some way of not spending a goddamn billion dollars a mile? And then Sean O'Connor tweeted a Sopranos movie released during spooky season. Uh, yeah, I'm going to call them gobble ghouls. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't beat that. To beat that uh, you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily zeitgeist.com where we post our episode and our footnotes Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy miles what song are we telling people to go check out you want to check out let's just you know i'm feeling you know old after that Folgers commercial. So I want to do a track by the Juggernauts, J-U-G-G-A-K-N-O-T-S. This is a Bronx rap group from the 90s that like had like a vinyl that came out. And then, but it was like on like Bobito's label where like it only came out on vinyl and never hit mainstream. But this track is called Clear Blue Skies which is very funny because when you listen to it, for those of us who know the meters, they're sampling the track Stormy by the meters for the instrumental. And it just has that like, you know, golden era, boom bap, New York rap style that I love. So you will love it too to start your week. It's Clear Blue Skies by Juggernaut. All right. Well, we are going to send you to go listen to that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts. From iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.